Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Level Up Human, the comedy science podcast, souping up the homo sapien. Welcome to Level Up Human, the show that looks at the human race and tries to figure out how to make it better. Think of it like a human iPhone upgrade, but without having a U2 album inserted into you without your consent. (laughs) Our panel and live audience here are going to decide what the next step in human evolution should be. First of all, on my left, we have Rob Nince. Robin, uh, you may know him from such great podcasts as, well, Fitzriola, there's Book Shambles, and of course, The Infinite Monkey Cage, and now whatever the hell this is as well. Also, uh, so Robin is going to be giving us judging, basically. You're going to decide which of the ideas goes forward and we take uh, to our committee to try and incorporate into our evolution. Pitching it, we have got two wonderful guests. To my right, immediately, we have uh, Kat Arney. Kat, you've got a book out. Tell us all about it. <laughs> I do have a book. It's called Herding Hemingway's Cats. came out very recently. And it's all about how our genes work. Because, you know, we hear about genes all the time. They make your eyes blue. They make your hair curl. They make you fat. They give you cancer. But, like, how do they work? Do you guys know how they work? No. no. And I went around the world and talked to a load of scientists and said... I'm writing a book about how genes work. And they all said, well, when you find out, let me know. Uh, so, yeah, that's the sort of things that I've uh, discovered and uncovered in my book. What does it have to do with cats, or is that just seeking success on the internet? Partly, partly that. Um, I am already getting people sending me photos of their cats. Uh, but Ernest Hemingway had six-toed cats, and there's a very interesting uh, genetic mutation underlying well, it. Well, if they're a mix between a toad and a cat, that is a strange... Yes, genetic. yes, sick, sick-toed, six-toed cats. We're also joined by another wonderful writer on our panel today. We've got Jules Howard. Jules, you have a book coming out. Uh, yeah, I have, yeah. It's about, uh, it's about death. Yeah! Yeah! yeah. yeah. Woo death! Woo death! <laughs> Uh, yeah, basically, yeah, that's pretty much everyone I've told about it. It's kind of like, yeah, yeah, I'm not going to buy that book. But it's nice, we should celebrate death, because it gives us all of these wonderful snippets of life and evolution and natural selection, all this sort of stuff. Uh, I haven't actually started talking, you're the first people I've actually talked about death with publicly, because the book's kind of coming out. So as you can tell, my pattern's not brilliant yet, I need to work on it a bit. Um, but yeah, woo death. 
Woo death. Woo death. <laughs> See, I think I think death. I would I, I would agree, and we're in a coastal town, so we really you know proximity to it. Um, but it's uh, <laughs> but I death. I agree totally under because if things are finite, they give you momentum. That's what I think. You know, if you knew you had time for everything, the fact that I already look at my bookshelves and go, and I die, I think reading a book on the second shelf. I never even get to that third shelf. That means I need to do more stuff all of the time. So what's, can I ask, can I, sorry, I'm, I'm taking right. over here. It's just the, uh, sorry, Brian Cox has to deal with this kind of thing as well. You <laughs> shop and do the science. I'll do the chat. Uh, the, um, but I, uh, what is your particular angle? I mean, are you, is it about the evolutionary advantage of death? Is that the kind um, of... It started off much more about evolution and how, um, you know, without death, there would be literally nothing driving natural selection. You know, without volcanoes and disease and worms and parasites and things like that we would be sort of stationary. So it started off like that. And then the more I delved into it, the more I was like, oh my, this is actually a bit depressing just focusing on death. And I got a bit dark and gloomy. My wife's in the audience now. She saw this, so I'm going to say, I'm really sorry about the gloominess. Um, and actually, exactly like you say, you come through it and you're like, actually, it's a pleasure being alive. It's actually, a, when you think about, you know, it's such a cliche, so I'm, I apologise. But it is genuinely when you, you know that these are sort of sacred moments. I love you guys. When we know they're sacred moments, it makes you enjoy them more. So I turned into basically, you know, weekly TV magazine in That's the cool, end. That's cool, man. Most of, uh, our, most of our listeners are alive. So yeah. <laughs> okay, so we've got a panel here. Uh, each of them has been kind enough to bring along a news story because we, before we delve into the, our ideas, we want to see what kind of stuff is actually out there and happening. Um, the news offers us endless help to come up with better examples of being a human. Uh, for example, think of Katie Hopkins' column in The Sun. Just do the exact opposite. So uh, who's brought along an interesting news story of things that's going on? How about we start with you, Jules? Um, does anybody remember about uh, 40 years ago, there's this footage of a monkey's head that's been placed and sort of dissociated from the body, and there's tubes, and it's in a lab. You're looking at me like I'm a complete is it a mentalist. I, I was a teenager in the 90s, and that was like the kind of the anti-vivisection Yeah, sort of it was, yeah, yeah, exactly yeah, where yeah, I saw horrible. it. So anyway, yeah. it's real, it's happening right now. Um, it's one of those kind of like uh, early new scientist stories where they say, oh, the scientists have said this and all the other scientists say, hang on a sec, where's the peer-reviewed journals and stuff like that. Um, and apparently there's going to be 11 of these uh, research papers coming out in the next year. Get ready. In headless, the journal surgery. headless monkey research papers. Head, not just monkeys, mice and cadavers. So this, this is, according to this uh, maverick, uh, according to this maverick, you know, this oh, is, is this the, is the future. Which is good because I... I've always had a secret dream of having my head superimposed onto a really muscular horse. And this is, <laughs> this is, I'm sort of a bit closer to that. It's a little bit too like, a, you know that bit in Return to Oz? Where they've got the cabinet full oh, of heads yeah. and you can choose your own head. I quite like it, actually. Mm. It's also Wurzel Gummidge, the Scarecrow uh, series. The original, yeah. yeah, the original head transplant. All right, so that's a... <laughs> Again, we now know that's movie. a thing. Uh, what about you, Kat? What are new stories have you brought along? Uh, well, I've brought one, I mean, sort of basically as a, a, a drunk, I'm very interested in this. Uh, <laughs> scientists in San Diego are 3D printing livers. Now, unfortunately, this isn't to make replacement livers, uh, unfortunately. But the whole idea is that the liver, it's something that metabolizes drugs. So it would be really nice if you could have basically a potted liver that you could test drugs in, see how the body breaks them down. You can do this in animals, but animals' livers aren't really like our livers. And you can do it on like cells grown in a dish, but that's not really good. But they're using 3D 
printing to basically make uh, not just a blob of liver cells, but more actually build up the structure of a liver. Because a liver isn't just like a blob of the same cells. It's got blood vessels and all kinds of stuff in it. And they sort of spray these tiny little hexagons of liver cells and then spray the other cells around them. And it's about three millimeters by three millimeters. It's a tiny, tiny thing. But it's enough to make loads and loads and loads of them in a matter of seconds. They shouldn't measure that and in you millimeters. Can do that. They should measure that in Lambrinis. Exactly. <laughs> That's about like 0.2 of a Lambrini, I'd say. Uh, but it's, it's really um, a useful thing. And the other thing that's really cool is that if you did want to basically build a spare liver, which I kind of do um, for reasons, uh, <laughs> they've, they've been using this technology, taking skin cells, human skin cells, and they do this kind of magic reprogramming thing where they chuck some molecules on them and turn them back into stem cells, then turn them into liver cells. So this, is, this is, I think, is paving the way for give it 20 years when I've got cirrhosis. I'm in there. Like, I'm, I'm first in the queue with a 3D printer. When you're a walking patty. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What about you, uh, Robin? I was just, I'm very, you said about the monkey's uh, head, but I know there's definitely, if you, it's, it's on the internet and it's terrifying, the dog's head. Have you ever seen that? It was like mm. 1920s. And you really look at it and you think, this has to be some kind of conjuring trick because it's a dog salivating, etc. I haven't seen the, the, was it a chimpanzee? Was it a monkey? The, it was the, a, the, I think it was a macaque or something, wasn't it? But yeah, yeah, sorry, go on. Don't say it with such disdain. Yeah. <laughs> it was a, a macaque. Petter never care about those. Jeez, that was a thing. Never monkey's mind the marmosets. <laughs> Did you see the thing that Petter actually took to court? Uh, there was a photographer who left his, his camera. Do you see this uh, lying around? And a monkey took some photos of itself. Oh, yes. And Petter took the photographer to court to say that the monkey had the right to keep the copyright on the images. Um, yeah, and, and apparently the monkey says, oh, the copyright, all the, all the money goes to Petter as well. Yeah, because only Petter can understand monkey talk. Um, the, uh, so there we go. If you are taking selfies, then realise you may well be limiting your humanity uh, to a lower form of monkey. Uh, I I was very interested in the fact that they have uh, found possible uh, material that can be used for people uh, or other creatures with spinal damage. This is uh, similar to, uh, basically, I think it's right to say dural matter, which is uh, kind of uh, fleshiness that lines uh, the hmm. spine and uh, around the brain as well. That they, It's been very, very hard to find anything that we can use to try and repair damaged spines, which isn't it's artificial, because the body normally rejects it. But they've recently been uh, experimenting on, can you guess, mice, yes, those, I don't know if mice are lucky or not because in fact mice may well take over the world because they're the ones yeah. who in the end all of these enhancements have first uh, yeah. little do they know we can <laughs> Douglas Adams oh you are more prescient than you imagine we the can, mice will own the world we can totally cure mice of cancer Totally. And yeah, algorithms it's brilliant. as well. Yeah, everything. Yeah. Mice have totally got it sewn up. We don't know what we're doing. Those oh. mice, they, they once they were happy with a mechanical mouse organ, now they <laughs> want a whole bloody orchestra. And the uh, <laughs> reference to 1970s children's show. Um, <laughs> the, but I, I find this fact, so they've, they've found basically various, this kind of, I think it's actually called adural, is uh, adural implants. Uh, they have an elasticity. They don't seem to be rejected. They found that when they've used them on, they basically, obviously, they, I mean, they've, they've found a series of, of uh, of, of, of mice with spinal damage. Well, they haven't found. They've thrown some mice at a wall and, uh, and then gone. And uh, we washed 50% of our mice in this age or matter. And the, the ones that they gave the, the earlier forms of spinal implant, that they have not really had uh, full repair. They haven't been able to, for instance, like walk up the ladders and stuff. The ones that have had the age or matter uh, used, they found that it does seem to have given a level of, of spinal repair that gives them quite a high functioning again. 
And I think that is all of the different things. Where I, I was out in Toronto a while ago, and I saw a series of people who were, uh, some of them were quadriplegic, who've got these um, exoskeletons. I don't yeah. know if you've seen them, incredible mm. bionic exoskeletons. One of the guys there, he walked out on stage, and just the difference it can make to a human being to be able to stand again, to not be, is, yeah. is, is, is remarkable. And I think that now we're talking about, perhaps even before we've really finessed the exoskeleton, people are like, do you know what? We don't need to house people in an exoskeleton. We can actually work internally. I think that is remarkable. Exoskeletons will still happen for industry and stuff, it seems like they're using them for other purposes. Anyway, do you know what? We've talked enough about the news. That's the stuff that can actually happen. Um, so I think we should get to the point of uh, trying to pitch our own ideas. So Robin, you're going to be judging these. Right. What kind of thing do you want to see our panel come up with, or our audience here at Brighton Science Festival? I, I think it is genuinely about levels of, uh, of, of contentment, of happiness, of empathy, and altruism, and those things I think are the finest traits that have uh, evolved in human beings and some other species as well, of ways where we can... You know, it, it, I suppose I'm kind of you know, uh, uh, a utilitarian, really, which is uh, advances nice which create the least amount of damage and the greatest amount of happiness. Okay, least amount of damage, we're being ambitious. Right. So, Jules and Kat, you're going to get to make your pitches. How about we start with you, Kat? What would you like to implement? What change would you like to see in the human being? Okay, so the first one I'm going to pitch is extremely trivial, brings nothing uh, of the things that you've talked about, doesn't bring any kind of empathy or improvement to the human condition. Now, just a quick survey of the audience. Okay, hands up. Uh, ladies or gents, feel free, or we're, we're in Brighton, so anywhere on, on that spectrum. Um, hands up if you dye your hair. Great podcast, yeah. That's right? Very so that's about a great radio moment. That's about 30, 20 to 30 people who dye their hair. That is hours of our lives. And pounds and pounds, you know, in the hairdressers or off the shelf in the chemist. So my proposal is that we use genetic engineering technology to engineer better pigments into our hair. So human pigmentation, we can get kind of blonde, brunette, redheads. These are all versions of melanin, which is basically the human coloration pigment. But we look at the animal and the plant world, and there are purples and oranges and tomato reds. And like, who, who wouldn't want like bright kind of plum purple hair, yeah? Without having to dye it, that kind of stuff. So if we could splice in the genes, for some of these pigments, and, and also while you're at, you know, while you're doing it, get rid of the thing that makes your pigment cells die and make your hair go grey after, you know, so that they keep going. You could have amazing rainbow-hued hair without having to dye it all if the time. If we breed with a beetroot, then we come out with a. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there that is there could be some interesting mixing, or maybe it's like kind of play school where after a while everyone's just sludge brown. <laughs> <laughs> Robin and Jules, what do you think? Um, I like the idea of it suddenly changing. I like the idea of tracking someone's, uh, you know, entry into puberty by sudden hair change. Does this Did allow that? for that? It allows for we that. Do we do that anyway. Sudden hair change is a feature of puberty. <laughs> yeah, and that's another point. I'm is looking forward hair? to it. It's yeah, no, so, uh, particularly for girls, it's like when it suddenly goes pink. That's, that's when yeah. you become a teenager. Um, <laughs> I, I, you could definitely, you could make it receptive to sort of sex hormones. Or even, I was thinking as well, there are uh, kind of genetic tricks that scientists use where you can put a drug, say, in a, a, a mouse's drinking water that will switch a gene on and off in that mouse if you've genetically engineered it. So you, maybe you could have a little array of these toggle switches and you go, oh, I fancy, you know, purple hair this month, pop a little bit of this vitamin or something in my, in my food and 
We'll go purple. No. <laughs> As a balding man, this offends me greatly. Um, I have to admit, what I would love is I would love a society that stopped worrying about... You know, imagine if we lived in a society where people who looked their age, you went, well done, you look your age. I, I, it, it, I find it quite remarkable that we still have... Look yeah. at Gillian Anderson this week. You know, if either she would have been told off for looking too old on The X-Files or because she looked quite good, oh, she's had a lot of work done. There's no... So just to go, this is the skin that I have, the face that I have... You know, as long as you don't smell and you haven't got too many things hanging off you after eating, you're doing all right. But, but this would be this would be without the artifice of dye and all these. And also, you know, it would free up loads of time, particularly for women who do tend to be the the gender that dyes their hair. You know, tool of the patriarchy dismantled. It would be a lovely extra chapter in Richard Dawkins' Selfish Gene. I would. Um, <laughs> I washed one side of my hair. And it's just, yeah, no, I, I, uh, I, I can see why you're going that, that way. But uh... I do know people who do have selfish hair, actually. In fact, you know, some of you in the audience are bound to be sitting next to somebody with selfish hair that's just getting in your way and in your drink, and it's, uh... it's hideous. Anyway, okay, right, so uh, that's one idea. Jules, what's your pitch? Um, mine also is not going to improve humanity in any way. What? So have you I read the brief? I apologise. I'm so sorry. As soon as Robin said that, I thought, oh my God. Um, maybe mine could be spun to improve. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Humanity. Uh, so, I, I, you know, we talked about death. I spent quite a long time looking at... Uh, not <laughs> There's something called the Gompertz make and rule of human mortality... Um, which is the most depressing thing you've ever... It's basically, it's like, a, it's like an exponential graph that essentially says <laughs> there's a statistical probability that is increasing every day that you're not going to make it 
to bedtime, basically. <laughs> and it's every 35 years... Uh, sorry, sorry. Once you are over the age of 35, um, which I am fresh, um, your chance of dying double every eight years. It's like a horrible, horrible mythical riddle thing. It's not nice. Anyway, so I, I spent a bit of time, not very good for us, although it, it's pretty good compared to other animals. You know, a lot of animals, if they live in environments of death, you know, they've evolved to basically live very short lives, just get as much sex in as possible. Uh, there's a few animals that don't. They, they have, they wield, we hear about free radicals a lot, don't we, and the, the effects of ageing. There's a, a bit... band. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, free radicals, not great. You know, these are little sort of problem atoms, I suppose you could say, in metabolism, that basically one of the ideas is that, you know, they're responsible for the ageing of cells. Some animals can sort of wield their free radicals, things like clams and turtles and a lot of birds, so they don't kind of age in the, in the same way. So I was researching all these animals. This is very interesting. Um, and I came across the most wonderful creature, and it's, uh, it's a pearl mussel larvae. And it's a tiny little free-swimming thing, um, and it requires the gills of an Atlantic salmon. And it swims across, and it gets into the gills of the Atlantic salmon, and it, it, it needs two years of growth. The, the Atlantic salmon only, only lives for one year. So this little parasite is like, right, I, I need to find a way of making this salmon live longer. So it injects a special peptide. Into, it's, I can't believe this hasn't been made into a movie. It's amazing. Anyway... <laughs> It injects a special peptide into the salmon, and the peptide allows the salmon to deal with its free radicals a little bit better. So infected salmon are something like twice as likely to live an extra year. They don't get cancer. They don't get other diseases of old age in fish, which, believe me, I took a long time researching the diseases of old age in fish. It's basically cataract. They forget anyway. where they've put their keys and yeah. stuff like that. And like, oh, it's under they this rotten... No. Oh, what they did start I come to in this cave for, anyway? <laughs> So yeah, pearl mussel larvae. I think we should market them. I think I'm quite up for just quaffing a pearl like mussel larvae. Yeah, like that, getting oh. it right up there. I'm, I'm uh, scared uh, here. Injecting the peptide. Hang on, hang on. There's yeah. a good thing. That it, can, it can help humanity. The NHS... <laughs> hang on, I've just realised. The NHS, we're always reminded daily about the peril and the, the, the awful state of the NHS. Imagine if we lived in a world where we're walking around with these larvae in us and we don't get cancer, we don't get hypertension, we don't get high blood pressure, we don't get the classic diseases of old age and we, we just sort of die at 90 from like 10 diseases of old age at once. The NHS would be... And then all these pearls come out of your nose. Yeah, every now and then, of course, you have to cough up a clam. And look, but, you know, that's, yeah. I could do that. You sneeze a necklace. Actually, yeah. that's a good... <laughs> that gives a whole new meaning to the phrase, pearl necklace. <laughs> <laughs> L- lowering the tone and the best laugh we've got from right <laughs> um, Robin, how do you feel about this potentially, Jules nearly having wiped out a species because some nutter will turn this into a smoothie? How do you feel about this? He felt like an anthropomorphised version of Holland and Barrett. Uh, <laughs> the, um, uh, it's, I mean, it's a difficult one, though, isn't it, to choose plum hair or longevity and happiness. It's, uh, <laughs> and the NHS it's save, battle, just, to, just to recap. It, so far. It's, I'm, I'm, in, I'm intrigued uh, by that. But, yeah, it does. It has all the, you know, that kind of £20 a, a tub, and it's not it's all been watered down anyway, and it's only the memory of lava. I don't know. I, I think you may well be... That's the sea, is the yeah, memory of lava. Is, uh, so... 
Um, but it's, uh, I'm, I'm intrigued. I would, I would like to know more, and I think there may well be a book in it, which could be more popular than that one that you sold so brilliantly. Being going, I'm writing a book about death, no one's interested. Which I, I think <laughs> you should really have waited at least till publication date to make that announcement. Cat <laughs> and I have the same editor, and at least it'll be half, please. Yeah, like, yeah. Cat does a great job of promoting yeah, mine, that Mine's book. doing great. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so there we have got two suggestions. That was genetic hair colour and long-life larvae. Uh, but of course, we are here at the Solace Bending. It's uh, Brighton Science Festival. We have also had lots of suggestions from the audience. So uh, at this point, we will go out into you. We've got a microphone ready. Uh, can we start with Robin, actually? What ones have grabbed you? Get their names, and we might even go and get them to read it themselves. This is from uh, Sarah Glennie, and this is Find... Oh, wait, 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 wait. Is Sarah Glennie here? Hey. Cool. I was going to find an alternative to periods because they're too inconvenient. <laughs> An alternative to periods. Be I a thought, man. Be a man. <laughs> you see, this shocks me because having watched all the adverts for like Tampax and for tampons and things, <laughs> I thought they were the most amazing experience imaginable. I've, I've always wanted to go rollerblading and I thought I had to have a period to do that. What made you like this so much? For, uh, well, well, it... Because I think it might fit in, the alternative might fit in with also one of my schemes, which is I think uh, there should be something that is released by the body that after someone has had two children, uh, something hormonally, whatever, is released by the body that then basically shuts down all egg and sperm, right? It will switch on again if there is a necessity for a third child. And I think that could work together with Sarah's scam as well, which is the uh, period limited just to kind of more practical, you know, practical. Because there's lots of periods considering for the amount of, you know, eggs that are needed. And I think that that nowadays, economically, that's all over the shop, isn't it? So I'm looking for a kind of more... But, but Robin, we already have a means of limiting sex that we call marriage. And it seems to be... <laughs> You know, there, there are other ways of tightening our fertility. Now, yeah. that's a very interesting thing, because thinking that you're from Ireland, I'm not entirely sure <laughs> that that's been... <laughs> yeah. I mean, what would happen to the rollerblade manufacturers, though? Yeah, uh, Potentially a, a crash, a crash in the industry. So an alternative to periods, but we don't have one other than perhaps a hormonal switch-off. Yeah, and that's for male and female, by the way. That, I make it very clear. That is... Uh, so that's... Okay, that's a good start. Um, Kat, has anything grabbed you? We can go into our audience okay. and find for this. Uh, do we have Sophie Morris here, who's prepared to read out? Thank you, Sophie. What's your suggestion? Uh, I'd get rid of inhibition so I could always be naked and not be told off. <laughs> Surely that's other people's inhibition as well, the not being told yeah, off Yeah, it's part. everyone's, because, you know, a lot of effort goes put into making clothes, so... With, without the effort going into clothes and everyone being naked, then everyone will be happier. We'd have more time on our hands. And what the audience at home cannot tell is that currently <laughs> Sophie is only wearing her hair in strategic places. <laughs> um, okay, how do you guys feel about this? I feel a little bit like... what I have a real problem with ironing. You know, like some people are just, just really... I just don't see a necessity. I think we're, we're wasting our lives. And this is kind of micro version yeah, of what you're going like, through. Yeah. We, we are investing... We're wasting our lives... Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was me attempting to say my clothes. Too much washing, ironing, spending all our money on clothes. Brighton people, you might like this. So I run a, a weird gig called the Ugly Animal Preservation Society. Everywhere we go, we get people to elect their own ugly animal mascot. The mascot of Brighton is the naked mole rat. <laughs> now, bearing in mind that is a bizarre naked rat with a certain resemblance to some human anatomy, Brighton picked well in some ways. 
was incredible. The day after our gig, I got emailed a crest of Brighton with two rampant mole rats on it. That's, an, <laughs> that's true. No, I, I think that's a lovely... I mean, you're basically going back to the Garden of Eden, so it's a very religious kind of moment. It's the moment before we, we bite into fruit. But there is inhibition. I mean, I think, unfortunately, that would go with that. That entire loss of inhibition would then lead to... It wouldn't just be naked, would it? It would be people just defecating. It would be all... It would be the whole thing would be a mess. But there is a delightful moment. When you watch, like, as, as you'll see, now, now you have a child, there is a horrible moment when you realise that your child has become overly self-aware and overly self-conscious. And that kind of... Because I always think, not necessarily nudity, but there are moments where I might be walking to a shop and think, I'd like to attempt a small amount of tap dancing at this point as I go towards that carousel of books. But I'm inhibited to do so. So I think if we start with the lack of inhibitions just with a rise in uh, public... Uh, non-musical tap dancing, and then we'll move on to the removal of pants. But there's a limit. Like, so for instance, my child did something new this week, which is the first time he's ever peed directly into his own face. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that's just hydraulics. That's not inhibition. You know, I, was, I was slightly proud, I have to say. I thought, that's good pressure. You know, I was pleased. But anyway. How many times has your child peed into your face? Uh, yeah, okay, we're not going to talk about multiples. Of, there is, can I say, one of the most horrible things ever. I remember my brother-in-law once throwing one of my nieces up in the air and going, Woo, and there's nothing more horrible than seeing the child suddenly vomiting as the dad goes, yeah! <laughs> 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 are, you know, we have all eaten our child's cooling food, but not normally when it is cooling because it's been digested. <laughs> oh. All right, Jules, what grabbed you? Uh, I've got an anonymous... Oh, go read that first, please. Yeah. Um, it says, <laughs> it says, I want to do it in a voice, but I'm not going to do it. So it's just, it just says, legalize weed. I, mean, I, I am going to do it. It turns out I am going to do a voice. The anonymous uh, was the hacking group. It in was this case. legalize weed for better thinking abilities. And then it says, Really? Yeah, but then it says underneath, ban R and B, and that's all crossed out. Um, yeah. Ban. <laughs> uh, mu- then it's like crossed out. Again. Ban music played by stations Kiss or Capital. Um, so I like that. Yeah. What the, no, well, hold on. The suggestion that makes you think better. Have they? Uh, they've never lived with a stoner. That's the difference. No. <laughs> it's just they make pizza at a strange times of night. But I'll give them that. There is another bit here. It says make gyms free for bigger muscles. Which they, didn't, they didn't get the point of this. That's not making human <laughs> beings better. Do you know but, what? Don't uh, there's make gyms free. Start doing stuff. This is what I find remarkable. It's where, where we have a nation which stands on the left-hand side or the right-hand side of the escalator, and, and then they go to the gym, walk up things, lift stuff, no. build things. Don't go, oh, now I'll take exercise, but this exercise will be pointless exercise, save for my own vanity. Do you know what? At the age of 46, people are beginning to disgust me. Can we get, can we, can we get an off switch for Robin? No, the... The, th- the reason why that's different is because I come from Northern Ireland and I love it, but to Northern Ireland people, escalators are rides. That's, <laughs> we stand on them and we enjoy them. Whee! And I do enjoy them. Oh, taking the surfboard to the airport to go down the travelator. What a lovely... <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that is some suggestions from our panel. Oh, I, have to, I haven't written all these down, let's see. So we've got changes in hair colour... We've got long-life larvae. We've got alternative to periods. Uh, what was that one? Nudity, lack of, lack of inhibitions, mm. and full public nudity. Full public nudity everywhere. A lack of inhibition. Okay, like that. And then we uh, finally legalize got... Legalise weed. Legalise yeah. weeds. There's someone in this audience who just wrote, make everyone love each other. So it's anonymous. So it's the you same are. person, but after five minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
No, I said that we've had the alternative to periods, not remove periods. Are you the stoner? It's like time's just slow. Okay, now as a kind of final addition to this, so uh, we've got suggestions from our panel, we've got suggestions from our audience. I'm going to give you some suggestions from nature. So this is a part of the game we like to call Splice of Life. What genes and abilities would you steal from these creatures? So first up, we have a tardigrade. Can you describe that to the people at home, please, Robin? That is, it's basically a kind of, uh, it's if a, a, a bin liner and a caterpillar were placed accidentally in a matter transportation machine, and that is roughly what they, they would, would come out as, I think. This is called a tardigrade, also known as a water bear or a moss piglet, because that's so cute. What would you guys steal from a tardigrade? The fact that they kind of slightly look like anime. Uh, that's just the excessive cuteness. Or, and the, the, the maybe, if they were life-size, they'd be kind of squishy and cuddly. What do you reckon, Jules? Can't they uh, do that thing insisting where they sort of uh, just dehydrate themselves and oh, they could go yeah, to space yeah. and travel around? Obviously, they can't fly, the machines, but, you know, they can at least be on the, <laughs> you know, on the furniture and stuff like that. I like that. You've got in one, Jules. This is one of the hardest creatures that there is out there. It's kind of like the, I don't know, Chuck Norris of the animal kingdom. <laughs> Um, it can survive, uh, let me see, temperatures of, it can survive freezing, scorching, no food, vacuuming out of space, without water for over a decade, without food for over a decade, ionizing resonation, uh, and a Christmas with the in-laws. So, <laughs> well, okay, Robin, uh, you're going to have to choose. So, the suggestions that we have had from Brighton have been genetically controlled hair color, Ooh. long-life larvae, an alternative to the periods, um, you know, that's a work in progress. We don't know what it is yet. Uh, coastal nudity, which you wouldn't think is great in a windy place like this. Uh, legalizing weed or tough as a tardigrade. So any of those, what do you right. think should be what we take back to our fictional boffins? I, I have to admit, I do think the uh, finding uh, a, some kind of new biological version of the period uh, would be a, a, a change that would affect the largest number of people. Uh, or, you know... The, the both genders there are so <laughs> I, I, I and I do I, I think yeah it's it's one of those things in existence where you do look at nature and you realise you know it is it it's not mutation heredity natural selection is a great system for lots of changes but it doesn't always come up with the best version of events. And I think it's a lot of stuff and nonsense for the ultimate necessities that arise from it. Okay. And if that does link with my new form of eugenics that stops anyone more having more than two children what a happy place this would be. <laughs> okay, everyone, you heard it here first. An end of periods. Period. Done. So, we're going to take that back to our fictional people who won't be able to do anything with it anyway. But we'll oh, do hang our on, best. plum hair. Maybe it was plum hair. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's an end to periods. That is the end of our show. But please, before you go, would you please give a warm round of applause to Jules Hard, Kat Arney, Robin Ince, and the wonderful people at the Sauce Benny and Brighton Science Festival. Give yourselves a massive round of applause. That was Level Up Human, hosted by Simon Watt, produced by Rachel Wheely, and supported by the Wellcome Trust. For more information, go to leveluphuman.com.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.